0: Welcome to Ideas With Purpose, a podcast about companies and their leaders who are approaching their industries in the world differently. I'm Robert Dowling, founder and CEO of Hudson Cutler. Today I'm talking to Peter Barsoon, CEO of 1906. He's bringing cannabis back to the mainstream by creating amazing products that are low dose, fast acting, formulated with plant medicines for sleep, energy, relaxation, sex, bliss, and even cognitive focus. 1906 has been recognized as one of the most innovative brands in cannabis, and Peter is a standout leader in the industry. I spoke with Peter at Hudson Cutler's Soho headquarters in New York. He shared his insights and experiences shaping the new and fast-growing cannabis market. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Peter, so uh, great to have you on the podcast. I love the story of 1906. I know it well. But I wonder if you could just share with us a little bit about what motivated you to make this whole thing happen.
1: Yeah, thanks, Robert. It's uh, great to be here. So um, uh, we started in 1906 back in early 2015. Uh, I had spent a 20-year career in financial services in a variety of highly regulated industries and quit in 2014 because I wanted to pursue something more entrepreneurial. And my wife, Gita, who we started the company with um, uh, had been using cannabis and what we soon came to realize as we were following the trends as legalization happened in Colorado and Washington is that the power of the cannabis plant wasn't being fully utilized, that we have had a relationship with cannabis for hundreds if not thousands of years as humans as one of the most versatile plant medicines. And that to truly realize the potential of a plant, we had to transform the way people were
0: consuming it, marketing it, manufacturing it. Um, yeah, back in in 2015, people were utilizing the the, the, the power, but uh, it came in such uh, crazy forms. You take a take an edible and um, you know be out for a week.
1: Yeah, exactly, and you know, smoking has its negative consequences. And we have largely been consuming cannabis not that differently than the way in which we've been doing it for hundreds and hundreds of years. And what we found is that there were very few options for people like us, high functioning adults for whom it's not about getting uh, high, it's about feeling a particular way. And so we started 1906 because we believe that alcohol, uh, that cannabis could be a better alternative to alcohol and big pharma. Um, and that uh, to do it right, we really needed a very different approach for how people consume cannabis, how cannabis is made so that
0: it really delivers on the specific effects that people want. I- I was very surprised, Peter, by some of the research that you did early on, um, particularly with dispensaries that showed three out of four people going in to talk to a bud tender actually were there not to get high, but to try to address some underlying issue, some underlying condition.
1: Yeah. And whether it be sleep, anxiety, pain, energy, what's interesting is that people are looking for cannabis to help them do things that they're not happy with from pharma, natural medicines or other things. So by the time they're showing up in a dispensary, it usually means they've tried so many different other products to help and they haven't worked. Um, Because remember, there's a huge stigma still around cannabis. So it takes a lot to overcome that stigma. And then you walk into a dispensary and you're like, uh, well, give me something to help me sleep. And there are very few products, even today, but even
0: more so back then, that really target
1: those specific effects that people desire.
0: There, There is a huge conversation today about the war on drugs and the stigma around cannabis that has... More or less been falsely created as a vehicle for political use, for social and ec- economic use. What was that on your mind when you when you s- moved into this uh, this industry? And how daunting was that?
1: Oh, that was definitely on our mind, and that's where our name comes from. 1906 was the last time that cannabis was widely available. Uh, and, uh, since that time it's been a war on drugs, which is really a war on people. Um, so 1906 is the year that began cannabis prohibition and with it, the deadly and unjust war on drugs. So when we started the company, our mission was to bring cannabis back to its pre-prohibition status and also highlight the failed century of the war on drugs.
0: I, I love 1906. Uh, as you know, I have a great, um, uh, affinity for, for that name. Uh, and I, I think it's, it's, it's very apt. It also, um, you know, s- sort of sets up the mission that you guys are on to normalize, uh, cannabis is that, do you see that as the primary problem that you're trying to solve? You were part of the formation. I remember distinctly when we were coming up with names
1: and 1906 was on the list and you reached out to journalists and and other uh, folks to get their feedback on it. Do you remember
0: the feedback that you got when you first presented the name to folks? Oh, yeah. It was overwhelmingly um, positive. It also did, I think, exactly what we wanted it to, which was uh, to raise questions. There were... Uh, There seem to be a lot more brands that are numbers now than um, uh, five years ago or six years ago or so. But uh, I remember having a number of conversations where immediately journalists, influencers were intrigued by this name. What does that mean? They all asked, and it gave us an opportunity to uh, answer the question on on a number of different levels. Yeah. So, so we're, we're,
1: we're it, it's been an amazing, uh, journey with you the last few years,
0: Robert. I, I see 1906 as, as much, um, if not more so as an innovation company than a cannabis company. You guys have broken all the rules, done things completely differently and created products that are so unlike anything that had ever been seen before. What? what's your point of view on the um, innovation in the space and why you're so dedicated to that?
1: Yeah, you know, what's, what was interesting when, when we look back <clears throat> and you see how little innovation was done in the industry, you know, uh, since 1906, and much of the innovation has been focused on just how to get people more high for cheaper. In other words, higher potency plants, higher yields, and all around smokables. And frankly, that's just an arms race to get high and totally divorced from what consumers really want. If you ask them what they want, it's not, oh, I want to have 30% THC or you know, 100 milligram gummies. Nope. What they say is they want something that is controllable, predictable, and, uh, and meets the needs that I have. So, We took that view and said the the problem therefore is how do we solve the problems of uh, great taste because most of the products didn't taste good. How do you solve the problem of delivering a specific effect? And then third, how do you solve the problem of, I don't want to wait 60 to 90 minutes for my edibles to kick in. And that's where we then applied a lot of science to these problems, drawing on traditional medicines Drawing on psychopharmacology, drawing on advanced drug delivery techniques from the pharmaceutical industry to create a set of products that met those three needs. It's got to taste great, it's got to deliver a specific effect, and it has to be fast acting.
0: Yeah, w- w- one of the first real st- standouts was the fast acting. And uh, it, it's, it's, taken a little more for granted these days because of tinctures and, uh, water solubles and, and, and what have you. But, uh, at the time, I think people were really uh, astounded by the fact that you could not only get the, um, THC CBD and other plant medicines into the system faster, but also that they exited faster. Uh, how, how did you go? I mean, that's a fascinating story. How did you go about solving that one? So we had looked at, you know, one of the things that
1: pharmaceutical industry does really well is drug delivery, right? Whether it be, let's make something more of an extended release, or let's make something more fast acting. So there's a whole lot of technologies that are out there about how the body consumes and uh, certain molecules that go into the bloodstream, either faster or slower. And we just drew on that, uh, on that experience, and we found a Canadian biosciences company that had a patent for a particular lipid microencapsulation technology. So we utilized that patent uh, and we did a double-blind clinical study where we assessed that particular technology against a variety of other fast-acting technologies and against a control. And it was, what we found is that it worked really effectively people were saying that, uh, uh, they started to feel the results in under 20 minutes. Um, and then we entered into a licensing arrangement uh, with this Canadian biosciences company. And since then we've done numerous other scientific studies to prove out the fast acting, uh, technology and also have continued to make refinements. So, uh, so that it, it it's ever faster and utilized in other formats. Like for instance, We had to do a lot of R&D work in the launch of our newest product line, which are our drops, our our press tablets. These are the only fast-acting pills on the market, for instance, for cannabis.
0: The the other trend that you really connected to is um, this massive move that was already uh, happening in... um, in uh, plant medicines, uh, there were a lot of supplement options. People were starting to um, look at whether it's the, from 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 juice press to taking their ginkgo in the morning or what have you. Uh, you you kind of took that to a whole new level with many of the plant medicines that you've discovered and that you have put into 1906. Um, products. That seems like such a Herculean effort to just identify which um, plant medicines are out there that are either being underutilized or not applied in these contexts, and then to synthesize them and to actually get them into a product and make that work. That, that's, a, that's such a massive change. What, what was that process like?
1: Yeah, you know, what's really interesting is um, we have a very pharmaceutical approach in our medicine, which is let's use and try and find a single molecule that achieves a specific effect, whether it be Ambien to help you sleep or Viagra uh, to help with uh, uh, erectile dysfunction or Xanax to help you with anxiety. And that has its merits. But there's another approach, which is um, how do we utilize plant medicines and combinations of plant medicines to target those specific effects? And that's the way in which medicine has been traditionally practiced, and I would even say still uh, practiced today. The issue is that it's very confusing. And as a consumer, I don't know what ashwagandha is, how much to take, what it does, what does rhodiola do, for instance? What does ginkgo do? And so the consumer is often left very confused with a dizzying array of choices. What we wanted to do is do something a little bit different, which is take the guesswork so that a consumer doesn't have to figure out what ingredients are right for them. They just need to know, hey, this works for me, and we, Constructed and formulated the entire experience using different medicines, so that it puts it takes the guesswork out and makes it easy for consumers to uh, to pick what they need. What it meant to do that was years and years of R&D, where we had to try different plant medicines on their own and in combination, uh, and that's what. When we started in two thousand fifteen, we didn't launch in two thousand seventeen because we did two years of intense R and D to define and uh, create these
0: formulations. And and they have uh, proven to be very very popular. But that wasn't always the case. How how it's one thing to be innovative and another thing to uh, bring people along. How how did you manage to uh, get? To, to find the believers and then to start uh, disseminating the message? It was a challenge.
1: It was when we first started, people told us that we are crazy, that they, the market really consists of stoners who all they want is uh, cheap weed and highest potency. And that it was difficult initially to get on dispensary shelves because we were a low-dose product, premium-priced, little bit more complex for the buttender. tender it's not simply here's a strawberry gummy or a you know uh, coffee and donuts uh, chocolate bar and we stuck to our guns about making sure that everything we did was low dose uh that it was all around specific effects and we persevered uh, i can't tell you there was any secret sauce um but what we did find early success on is media and influencers caught on quickly and that really helped propel 1906 in the dispensaries as butt tenders we're seeing press coverage in cosmo magazine for instance or in other publications and then as consumers we're actually trying the product so the biggest challenge we had at first is how do you get people to try once they try Mm -hmm. we believe that they would see the benefits of it and so our our first couple of years, we're focused on sampling bud tenders, on getting consumers to try our products, and then on the belief that they'd come back in droves. And
0: thankfully, uh, we've seen that happen. Now, a lot of people, just as you mentioned, said, you're crazy. This isn't going to work. Uh, it's not what the market is looking for. Uh, it's it's too new. When, when, when somebody tells you, oh, you're crazy, this will never work. Uh, is that is that disheartening to you? Is that a challenge for you? How how do you address that?
1: Um, no, if I was disheartened, I would have many depressing mornings. <laughs> so I I, <laughs> um, I I see it as as just a challenge. It's a moment of education, and that's that's the way we look at it. Um, and thankfully, like I said, we had other voices that were telling us that we're on the right path, whether it be the yeah. consumer stories, you know. We get hundreds of emails uh, and messages a week from people, for instance, telling us about how midnight has changed their life because they're finally able to get a good night of sleep. And so that's what keeps me going
0: every single morning,
1: not the folks who are saying, oh, this can't be done or consumers don't
0: want this. Yeah, you, you have some truly powerful testimonials across categories that, uh, it, it really is uh, inspirational, and, um, and, and I can imagine how that uh, spurs both you and the entire company on to keep doing great work. Uh, in, in terms of being an uh, entrepreneur and a, and a CEO of a startup and now mid sized company, um, wh- why do you think it's important to challenge the status quo? And also, what, what do you see as the dangers of doing so? You know, I think the, I never look at it as just challenging the status quo in and
1: of itself is a good or bad thing. It's what is the end outcome? And for us, we always kept our focus on the consumer. What does the consumer want? What does the consumer need? And to see that the status quo wasn't meeting their needs, uh, ergo, that led us then to challenge the status quo about what people believed about cannabis and what w- people believed about uh, uh, cannabis consumers. Um, and if you're going to challenge the status quo, it's important to have really good allies around you. And we did in the form of uh, you and Hudson Cutler, in the form of our employees uh, and evangelists in Colorado who believed in what we're doing. There,
0: There's a massive conversation and hopefully one that really is hasn't just taken root but will help change business and the and and the very country uh, around uh diversity around the um uh, black and non-white experience uh particularly with uh, the war on drugs and I know this has been um, a particularly important platform for you uh also uh being a a a non-white leader of a of a company what's um what what are your feelings on uh the role that the cannabis industry can play here and why it's important i think we have an amazing opportunity as an industry and
1: as a nation today to heal from our past and cannabis um was used as a force for locking black and brown people up. Um, it has uh, uh, destroyed lives, torn families apart, filled our jails and prisons, and, and hijacked countless futures of, of black and brown youth. Uh, black and brown youth. And what we've realized is that the war on drugs really was a, a war on on people. Now with the knowledge of what the war on drugs was all about, and with the knowledge of all of the medicinal value of cannabis, we get to create a whole new industry today, and an industry that can be inclusive, and an industry for which the economic benefits can go to more than just a, a, a a few, uh, a, f- a few economic owners here. So whether that be in terms of diversity of ownership in the industry, whether that be in employment opportunities for those particularly disadvantaged by the war on drugs, whether that be in the form of tax revenue that's generated that can be reinvested in those communities that have been most negatively disadvantaged, um, we can make those choices as a nation, as an industry today. So. I'm really excited about the fact that, you know, cannabis can be a force for good. Cannabis can be a force for change um, and, and make a, a strong departure from how it's been used since 1906 as a way to continue to oppress black and brown people.
0: It seems as if we've passed the point of critical mass in uh, in this country in terms of the um, legalization of cannabis. Certainly the, the vast majority of states uh, have cannabis uh, in some form or another. Uh, most medicinal, many are now adult use. Do you have thoughts or predictions on how long it's going to take for uh, that, that final um, national legalization or do you think we still have uh, a long way to go on that front?
1: I think that's a great question. I don't think we can wait on the federal government to take action. Um, and so it's going to be up to the states and that's the way in which cannabis has advanced over the last couple of years. And particularly as states emerge from COVID with, uh, reduced budgets, uh, slower economic activity and an inability to raise taxes or issue more debt. Um, many states are going to look at this and be like, why is it we're spending millions of dollars incarcerating people for a plant? And here is tax revenue that's available to reinvest uh, and to shore up the budget. So I think what we'll see is more and more states progressing to uh, legalization. I mean, it's fascinating to look at Oklahoma, which is one of the largest medical marijuana markets in the country. And uh Uh, and is also a red state. So it goes to show you that it's no longer about the partisanship. Um, This is a true need that people have in terms of, you know, whether it be vets or cancer or anxiety. And secondly, that this can be uh, an important uh, driver of economic uh, revenue for states. So Federal legalization uh, hard hard to predict, you know. Uh, I would, uh, but but state legalization clearly happening.
0: Peter, what does the world need now more than anything else?
1: Ooh, um, the first thing that came to mind is more love right now um, that, that's what, that's what we need more. And I don't mean our, our love product, although uh, the world
0: that can, that can help. (laughs) That can help. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but definitely, uh, if there's one thing we could inject more into, into this world today, it's more love.
0: Yeah. More love, maybe a little bliss thrown in there with some, uh, some go and, uh, uh, you know, and a little bit of genius, like who doesn't need a little need bit more of genius? genius. Yeah, yes. Exactly. We need some genius. <laughs> yeah, um, I I highly recommend a uh, a mailer to the uh, entire legislative branch and certainly the executive branch of genius. They they, they need it. They're, they're, <laughs> that, that's they are. They could benefit a, greatly.
1: Absolutely, from your lips to God's ears. <laughs>
0: Terrific, thank you so much. You are uh, an inspiration, and um, I always love talking with you, Peter. Thank, thank you, Robert. Um, it's, it's amazing to be on this journey with you, um, and we've got more and more work to do, that's for sure. Yeah, big adventures ahead. I wanna thank Peter once again for his time and insights into the emerging cannabis industry. You can learn more about 1906 at 1906newhighs.com. And you can learn more about Hudson Cutler and listen to all of our Ideas with Purpose podcasts at HudsonCutler.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time.